Um, okay, you know what? I was going to wait for some kind of natural segue, but I have to fucking oh, talk yeah. to you about Travis Scott. Oh yeah, I tried to go there with the McDonald's. Oh early. yeah, you're right. I should. This is the thing. This this podcast is really very unscripted. Let me tell you something, listeners. I'm just shooting the shit with a friend right now, and I. But I had in in mind I wanted to know more about the story because, um, you sent me a screenshot of Travis Scott's story that was very recognizably your studio. And I was freaking out. <laughs> Sam actually told me to tell you, say, what's up, Audi? And wants oh, to know more about yes. the Travis Scott connection. And I was like, that's the first thing I'm going to try and talk about. But of course, I couldn't because we have to talk about Food's Gone Wild. <laughs> we got from Food's Gone Wild to right. here. We're still talking about music, sort of, I guess. Travis Scott, tell me what happened. Why is, the, is Travis Scott in your studio? <laughs> and did you talk about me? The views expressed on this recording are solely those of the artist's. And by no means do we encourage or condone violence against law officials. Uh, it's for you. It's for you. Hi, and welcome to Blue Cheese with me, Ebony L. Haynes. Blue Cheese is a limited podcast series where I invite a friend slash artist to respond to this prompt. Name a song that you currently have on repeat or one of your regular playlist go-tos. That song is then the catalyst for a very fun, casual, unscripted conversation that leads us wherever it leads us. Joining me on this episode is artist JPW3, who currently lives and works in L.A., and this episode is brought to you by Foo Files Cumbia by Foo's Gone Wild. And in this episode, we talk about Foo's Gone Wild and Travis Scott and veganism. Uh, a lot of, oh, we talk about a lot of things in this episode. Uh, and here's a little clip. Joining me today is JPW3. Hello. Hello. Hello, Ebony. Thanks for joining. How good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm excited about our interview. It's going and... to be very official. <laughs> I'm excited about <laughs> just like getting it on the books here. That we've talked. <laughs> I know. I'm so, I mean, I think I did it. People can understand that, you know, we have nice talks. Did I reach out to you um, in like August about this or September? I think so, yeah. It's yeah. It a while ago. A while ago. Um, a few months ago. Yeah. So I've been planning and planning. Well, good thing for me, I didn't request any planning, so I didn't plan at all. Oh, right. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> I overplanned. But that's okay. You can do most of the work. Thank um, you. I was just saying to, in another um, conversation I had with someone, that it's just so nice to be able to talk to people like this for a, a length of time that is longer than five minutes or, you know, just a, a text or a quick touching base. Like, we actually get to have a conversation, which feels nice. Yeah, definitely. I feel like, well, I feel like things have been moving in a more long 
longer well besides the news and stuff yeah just i've been having longer conversations like catching up with people and just like feeling a little bit more like there's time for stuff like that or just for people's mental health that we need to really talk and you kind of realize that yeah we need to it's you know there are so many things that we used to equate with feeling human and interacting with each other and just moving through space together and taking all of those things away feels really strange. So yes, talking to each other is important and feels great. And I love talking yeah. to you. Thanks. Um, Likewise. This, yeah, it always feels nurturing, not a, uh, you know, never business. Appreciate it. Not too much. Not too much business. We keep business no. to, uh, really short and sweet. Yeah. But we talk at length about things like music and art and dogs. Um, and as I mentioned in the intro to this podcast, which you haven't heard yet, but you will when it airs, um, this episode is brought to us by Foo Files Cumbia featuring, featuring Tropa Magica and it's Foo's Gone Wild. And this was, is your response to the song prompt that I chose to do. It's funny, almost I think everyone submitted more than one song because nobody could really settle on one, which was interesting. Yeah, I feel like you asked me at a really, like one of those moments where you're just obsessed with songs. And I was thinking about that today because I'm like not obsessed with any songs right now. And I was kind of like, I was like, oh, you do go through those moments because I was listening to that Cumbia song like many times a day. And I mean, I'm still, I still love it, but it was like feeding some kind of, you know, hunger that I needed. And it, and just the, I guess the mix of this and the X Files mm. has some kind of like, I don't know, it brings up weird childhood feelings, but like maybe also because my parents like salsa music so much and stuff. They do. <laughs> like, yeah. Your parents like salsa music. Oh yeah, big time. They like uh, they love going dancing salsa and reggae. My parents love Latin music. I think there's like this kind of weird mixture of all these feelings when this when that track I put together. I was like, wow, this is like the holy grail of like mixes or samples together and it's just like this amazing journey and then they're like where is he going going to area 69 yeah (laughs) i mean it's like i don't know to me it's just this genius comedy but also beautiful music it's like so many things happening yeah that's That's, it's uh, i i was listening to it i mean i hadn't actually heard of it before um you sent that as a song option, which is which was exciting for me. This happened just a few times in this process where there was a song that maybe I'd seen written down somewhere or referenced, but never actually listened to. And oh, that's good. it was really good. I listened to the whole album um, yeah. a, a couple okay. times, a couple times <laughs> over. And to be honest, at first, I couldn't, I can't wait to talk to you about this because you've sent this song so long ago and this is the first time we're talking about it. But yeah. At first, I was, you know, I listened to the Foo Files Cumbia track, and um, I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of familiar and funny. Um, You know, I lived in South America for a while, and there was a big Cumbia crowd in Colombia, and I I liked it. I could get some of the references, Um, but then, so I was listening to it through Spotify, and then, of course it just kept playing more songs from the album and I was on my bike the first time I listened to it and I was really bobbing like um what is it the the candy track I forget what it's called now the candy track candy flip I think and um Uh, party 69 um I mean so what I was thinking so it's it kept it started going through these tracks that were really standing out as hilarious and awesome um, and then I was like, I wonder why he chose Foo Files Cumbia when there are so many other uh, genius lyrics, lyrics, lyrically 
stimulating tracks. And then after I listened through the album about one and a half, almost two full times, I was like, oh, Foo Files Cumbia is the one you can actually listen to more than once consecutively for a while because the other ones are so like, I'm like, I don't want to hear this fool rapping anymore about, you know, doing a dab and taking mushrooms. I mean, it's funny, but it might not be the song I choose to listen to over and over again. No, yeah, they, I mean, yeah, the obnoxious level is, can be pretty high. But in a really good way. Yeah. yeah, That one's like, that one's definitely the smoothest, easy listening one, maybe. But it was also for me the gateway song that I heard, I think, on, you know, on their Instagram. Mm. And like, because they just like put that song when they find someone kind of wandering in a strip mall or something, they just put that song on them and they're like, where is he going? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> fitting. See, that's that is Foo Files Cumbia. That's that is the anthem. And then, yeah, exactly. And then the other ones, yeah, you warm up to them. You, you'll see. Then you'll you'll start getting addicted to the other ones because I definitely did later. And then I had to get the album and all the all the merch too. Oh, I you got the merch. Like a whole. Yeah, I got. They made like a two. They made a double LP of their of their album and um and i got a calvin t-shirt and he's pissing on lames oh right and uh, <laughs> 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 and um yeah that's all the merch i got but they do also have socks a bunch of stuff well they should fucking but, have socks because the line that stands out the most in a handful of songs is that his socks are so high? Season of the sickness, can I get a witness? Chick, chick, boom, I'ma scratch you off my hit list. Rap flow sick, but my dick game vicious. Lames want the bag, cause their bitches wanna hit this. Socks get higher as my blunts catch fire. Little mysteries, every hyena's desire. I met this hyena named Traviasita. She sucked on my cock, then smoked my pipa. Right, you know, the there's downer, one. Yeah, the downer the foo. The higher the socks, the downer the foo. That's it. Right, you gotta it's have okay. the high socks. There's one line. It's like socks, high socks and like really low shorts, maybe. And the socks so high it makes her pussy wet. That was a line. I was like, whoa, those are some high socks. <laughs> Bro, those socks yeah, those are, are those socks are high. Those are the downest socks. <laughs> the high socks are the downest. The highest socks are the downest. And I saw um, and the album cover. Uh, hand styles is like rem- reminiscent of wild style. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I think they totally just use that wild style. <laughs> I mean, these guys are yeah appropriation. I I would say they're doing a really good work appropriating stuff. But I mean, they're, they're funny. Making. It's super funny, and like in the end, their attitude. You know, maybe they're teasing or making fun of people, but it, it's definitely love. It's not like doesn't seem like some hate-filled blog or something like that it seems no like and you know they're trying to help out some different folks at restaurants i don't know they're, they're they have a good good spirit i'd say and uh yeah i mean i don't know yeah the cumbia especially kind of just takes you somewhere else that music's so good i think i love the tropics too you so love the tropics like, in general yeah yeah I think so. I don't know. Who doesn't, though, I guess? I mean, have you spent a lot of time there? Or you love it as an idea? I guess I'd like to spend more time there. But I haven't been to Colombia. I've been to Brazil. I like that a lot. Yeah, Brazil's cool, too. Colombia's the best. Colombia's the best country for me in South America. I had the best experience. The food is delicious. The people, like the Spanish, I was just trying to teach myself Spanish. It was like the second country in my year and a half stay, and I wasn't planning. Were you in high school? No, I had just graduated undergrad. Oh, cool! And I went with one of my best friends. We didn't stay together the whole time. We had some moments where we split up for a few weeks or months on end, but um, we ended up renting an apartment in Colombia, in Medellin. And I, you know, we went to Colombia on a whim. We weren't planning to stay. We were actually 
in Venezuela and I already had my visa for Brazil and she was waiting for hers and we were just we wanted a change of scene so a friend of ours was going to um to cross over into this little town just over the other side of the border in Colombia I forget what it's called now actually but um he was like why don't you come over I have this really cool apartment I'm renting for a few weeks you guys can stay while you're waiting for your visa and so we went and then we didn't leave we actually didn't go to Brazil on that trip Colombia was so great we stayed there for almost three months it was so wonderful there the people were so lovely I mean the most welcoming country and I, I, I had I have nothing but wonderful things to say about Colombians and the Spanish was noticeably um, I don't know just easier to discern it was like, like a pure like, like a pure Spanish dialect. a different dialect from Venezuela where we had just come which was hard for us to sometimes understand but we were really trying to, we were self, we were self-taught, but you know, we were really right. trying to immerse ourselves. But I remember hearing someone speak wow. Spanish in Colombia and it was just, um, I don't know. It was, I knew it was going to be easier to learn there. And I did. It was like a relief when you heard it. Yeah, like, totally. Oh, it was like, Oh, you're speak. You just said five words. Cause sometimes in Venezuela, it sounds like two. It's like, they sing right. it so fast. And it's also like in Colum- Colombia was really interesting too, because, and beautiful, the um, geography and ecology of it as a country, you know, there's the mountains. You go to Bogota and you need a sweater because it's freezing. You're in the altitude. You're like up. You have altitude sickness. And then you have the Caribbean Sea, which is hot and beautiful and dry and sunny. And like you're in the Caribbean. And then you have the Pacific Coast. And we went to some islands off of the Pacific Coast, which is a totally different experience. Um, it's almost like it's never really sunny there. Like the waters were always super scary and choppy and getting there was like uh, a scene from the amazing race. Like I thought I was going to die in this boat. <laughs> and then there's the desert and there's the rainforest. I mean, it was like, right. it was really, I, I loved, I loved it. Anyways, we heard a lot of oh cumbia while we were there. Oh, I bet. Man, that must've been amazing. What was your favorite experience there? Um, my favorite experience, you know, the, the favorite ones are probably ones where in the time I thought it was like really awful, you know, but in (laughs) hindsight were great, you know, two come to mind. One was when we took a boat down the Amazon river to go to um, Peru because there's a little town called Iquitos that touches Brazil, Colombia, and Peru. And it's very, it's it's like a port city. So there's traffic in and out, a lot of boats coming in, shipping, receiving, and people travel that way and they go through and um, stop off on Amazon River, like little cities, little like Pueblitos right. along the way. And we so took it. we on the Amazon? We're on you're the Amazon it. River, yeah, on a, on a big boat that does not have any amenities you have to bring a hammock with you to to so all they have on the boat it's two levels and you just there's like poles on each level and you have to hang up your own hammock and find a spot and as you continue going down the river it gets fuller and fuller and by the time we got to our stop in peru it was like we were sleeping on top of other people in hammocks it was so full but it took three days um, it was disgusting by the end of it. Uh, I, I was having the worst time sleeping because there were so many mosquitoes and, but no covering. So we would like cover ourselves with socks and stuff, but it was fucking hot as shit. And we didn't plan well with supplies. So you had, we had to bring stuff like to eat and live off of for three days, but we ran out cause we weren't rationing properly and we had to get off in different pueblitos to try and buy stuff but it was just weird to kind of we were we were the only like gringas on the boat it was really a local way of traveling but it only cost i think it was like seven dollars american to travel for three days on this boat yeah and at the time it felt like it was never ending but i read a lot of books and i had some great you know some great conversations with people and I saw some really beautiful and crazy shit but at the time I was like get me off this fucking boat you know at the time the water was so dirty and 
there was like all these fumes from the boat, this petrol smell. It was really hard to. Like your own heart of darkness journey. It was like the heart of darkness. Oh man, when it rained, it was like, it was so scary. Anyways, but in hindsight, I'm really happy that I have that experience. And then one other experience that was great was we met these boys. Of course we did. Oh, awesome. Um, And they were, (laughs) we met them in a club. In like a uh, a salsa club actually, and they were in they were oh. the band. It was the um, bass. They got kicked out. No, no, it was the they were oh. it was the drummer and the bass oh, guitar player. They were in the band, yeah. And then we just all hit it off, and we talked oh, mostly man. about music. And then they were like, "Oh, we're going up to record in the mountains tomorrow. If you guys want to come, we're gonna have a little party." And we took what? this car and drove up into the mountains, and there was about a dozen or two, maybe two dozen people like just friends of theirs and they were setting up equipment in the woods with speakers and amps and mixing boards and some like some people had the duty of cooking in this little hut that they had and we made ceviche and like listened to music being played in the woods all day and drove back at night it was so so nice yeah wow lots of stories that sounds, that sounds really good it was really good. Where have you, you, what did you do in Brazil? Um, I went there in 2013. I went for, that was like the first art fair I ever went to. It was for Art Rio. Oh, yeah. And I flew there and I made work when I was there in this little garage that this, this gallery rented me. And like, I kept exploding all of the electricity sockets because like trying to use a hot plate there was like the energy and everything was like a little too much power Mm. soaking out and so (laughs) oh my god i remember like making this like last wax painting i was working on and then like the whole circuit breaker exploded oh no Like, I just, like, remember pulling all these plugs out of everything and just be like, I'm done. It's like, I made it. <laughs> but while I was there, like, otherwise, I remember just, like, I <laughs> I lived, like, where my apartment was, like, up a huge hill. Uh-huh. And I was obsessed with trying acai when I was there. Mm-hmm. And I had this one acai bowl that made gave me so much energy. Like, I ran up this hill and, like, tried to talk to everyone on the way. I was, like, Speedy Gonzalez or something. Or, like, <laughs> I don't know. I was, like, trying to help people carry things and, like, saying hi. And, like, I, like literally. It really worked for up. you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, the super acai bowl. So, like, never, never again did I have so much energy. I was just like, oh, I'll take it over here. All right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, so like, people plant orchids and all the trees there. Yeah. You know, in this really cute way. And I was, like, trying to, like, offer people orchids. And, like, I don't know. I it sounds really, like you go, were on MDMA go. or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> did you give people back rubs, too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, like, a flash. Yeah, it was, like, a molly acai like i was i think i was just really happy to like just being there yeah just felt like mind-blowing you know to just be in this place and like you know have some strange purpose there as an artist it's like always you feel so like how is this happening actually do you remember having delicious food brazil has such good food oh yeah i mean yeah, I had been vegetarian for a while, but I'd always told myself that if I went to Brazil, I wanted to try their steak. Mm-hmm. So I did, yeah, we went to some, like, really amazing steak restaurants there, because apparently they cut the steak in a different way there, and it, somehow it keeps it more tender, and I think, like, just the way the cows are raised is a lot better. Do you remember but, uh, liking it? <clears throat> What's that? Do you remember liking it or if how you felt about it? The steak? I liked it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it tasted really good. And it felt like, I don't know, at the time it felt really special, but I probably wouldn't do it again. You're still a vegetarian? Or are you vegetarian currently? I've gone, but yeah, currently 
trying to be vegan, mm-hmm. but it's kind of tough. But started since COVID started, and it's been really, I feel a lot better, I got to say. And I feel like I lost maybe 25 pounds, actually. Holy shit. Without really doing anything else besides that. But you didn't... And like cook, cooking a lot. You where you didn't have twenty five pounds to lose, did you? You'd be surprised. I was wearing an <laughs> extra large T shirt. <laughs> well, even my like face got skinnier. I don't know. It was like I didn't realize. I was like, whoa, it's kind of freaky. But yeah, I did. I found it. But now, like, I need a belt. Like, my pants are all too big. It's really. There could be worse like, things. I got my like yeah. My like, I can fit into my like undergrad jeans again. Oh shit! You should start a. You should do like an Instagram, follow my progress on veganism page. Oh man, I know. I I didn't really like realize it was happening until one day my like pants were like not fitting because I don't even have a scale at my house. Right. And yeah, me neither. Thank God. I, like, I just like don't care. But then I was like, wait, like clothes? I'm like losing weight here. It's really crazy. You know, cooking I at home a lot too. yeah, cooking at home has helped me during COVID too. Not that I'm aware of any any weight loss or gain necessarily, but I've always had this position with oh, I have this um experience or very strong memory with associated with veganism in my undergrad, where a very close group of friends um we had you know we just had a little crew we probably wouldn't have been friends in high school kind of crew but something brought us together in college and we just all really yeah. bonded really well one of them actually is one of the is the person I went to South America with but um oh. there so there was like five of us and we would study together and we actually threw parties and one of them was a vegan and I just remember like one in one sitting she ate a t- an entire block of tofu <laughs> like she fried the whole block of tofu and made this um like saute sauce and ate the whole thing and i was like that's a fucking lot of tofu like that's crazy <laughs> yeah. and and then i realized vegan for me too like i we we all were going to tr- we we would eat vegan food at our potlucks just to support her and not yeah. have to you know change things up but then I was like, um, guacamole and chips is vegan. Like, I could eat this whole bag of chips with six avocados. Like, I don't feel like any of any part of being vegan is going to stop me from gaining weight. Or there's, I'm just saying there's this, there's this, I guess, I don't know if it's a misconception, but there's lots of things you can eat that are still not great for you, especially if it's not about portion or you're not aware of it. You know, if you just like go ahead and eat this, I don't know bag of Lay's potato chips you know those are vegan definitely right yeah they're vegan on some level but <laughs> yeah I mean I just ate a, I definitely like having a little bag of chips snack oh my god I've been really into barbecue but yeah like if you're not eating like actually healthy and you're just eating chips and you're a vegan I remember like in high school yeah there are some vegans that did only eat chips and stuff and they didn't have any energy they yeah really not healthy i you know, totally remember that and then i remember the one this one kid blake who was like straight edge vegan and our friend saw him at mcdonald's oh my gosh <laughs> it was like this whole controversy everyone's like blake went to mcdonald's he was eating a hamburger <laughs> oh poor blake he just wanted to cheat a little bit but yeah, that's annoying when it's a straight edge or straight edge person who's very righteous. You know those straight edge who are like, oh, exactly. everyone else is disgusting. You don't. And then you see them at McDonald's, but they're scoffing at you all the time. Right? Yeah, that's annoying. You know, I um, I was, I don't know if it, I don't think I was vegan, but I definitely was vegetarian. I may have been. I don't know. I'm the thing I eat the least of is dairy. So even to this day, but I mean, I'm sure it was in there somewhere, but anyways, yeah, I was vegetarian by accident. I don't know if I told uh, you this. For how long? Um, by accident. 
maybe about a year. I I was I was yeah I was fifteen and sixteen and I was super um, athletic. Like I played, there was some sport I played every season, and um, really active in school and. I was working part-time like I was just really I remember being really busy and I was so tired you know like but so tired that it felt physical and not just mental it wasn't just my brain trying to go back to sleep my body just felt really drained and kind of achy all the time and I I went to the doctor because I was falling asleep in class I remember getting in trouble and I was like, I just can't, I don't understand what's going on. I can't, I just could not stay awake at any time of day. And I went to the doctor and they, a few times and they kept saying, you know, oh, um, you're growing, you're a teenager, you're in, you're playing sports, you know, you need to rest more. And I was like, I sleep for fucking 12 hours, rest more. Like, I'm so tired. And after a few months of going to see different doctors, one of them finally did a blood test and they called me. And said, you have to go to the hospital and we will send your results over there. And they're like, don't worry, but get to the hospital. And I had to get um, not just a B12 shot, but iron and B12 drip like IV. And stay there to be monitored and have my blood tested 12 hours later while I was there. And my iron and B12 levels had dipped so low that... um, there was fear of like central damage to my central nervous system. Oh, no. And then they said that, you know, my blood type um, actually has a hard time absorbing B12 from foods that are not red meat. So if I want to be a vegetarian, I have to eat very consciously beans and dark leafy greens and all of the things that are specific to B12 nutrients. But I need right. to, I would probably also need to, take a supplement unless I'm going to make sure I eat those things in abundance every day. And then I, and then I had to go see a nutrition um, specialist, like a nutritionist. And she said, you know, a lot of people change their um, eating habits without realizing how important their blood type is. I'm not trying to say that you shouldn't be, I mean, I'm sure you're doing fine and I don't think it's the norm for everyone, but it's worth checking though. I think, I think it's worth checking. They told me that I could either, um, stay vegetarian and take b12 for the rest of my life like a supplement and or get a shot yeah or i could have a steak or a burger once a week or every two weeks like just a like three yeah. to three to four ounces of red meat and i was like oh, i like red meat it's not like i don't like it i just i was going through a phase where all meat was grossing me out chicken pork like i just didn't want to eat meat so I just I decided to put beef back in my diet and I never looked back just because I, I hated the idea of taking a supplement forever. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I think that's I think that's like a reasonable thing. Like if everyone just had like one hamburger a week or something like that, people would probably be better off. Like just a little moderation. Yeah, whatever. meat in moderation. <laughs> Yeah, I think it is healthy because, like you're saying, it has a lot of nutrients. I mean, the, the way my body reacted to not having it was so scary. I mean. So crazy. Did yeah. you feel, like, really dizzy and stuff? Or, like, I felt really, tired? really, like, tired in a way that I can't relate to anything else. Actually, I can relate. I could relate later when I got mono. <laughs> like, two years later, uh, I got mono. Yeah. Um, and that sort of fatigue was very comparable to what I was feeling without the sore throat. Like I was just, I I felt right. like when you have the That's flu. That's what I was going to ask if it, maybe it was mono, but it was, it was your blood. Yeah. And then you got mono. And then I got mono. That sucks. What happens with mono? It makes, it makes your throat hurt. It starts with a sore throat, like swollen glands, but super, super bad swollen glands. Like I had to go to the hospital. I could I felt like I couldn't swallow. And then they did oh, the God. test for mono and there's no medication for it. You have to kind of let it just run its course, but there's risk right. to, um, there was something really strange about it after. Cause I, I played rugby and volleyball that was around the same season there was a a crossover in that season in high school and I couldn't play because for for a few months after being diagnosed because physical contact 
there was risk of rupturing my spleen. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I told you I've ruptured my spleen, right? Yes, actually, I just, I didn't, (laughs) you ruptured your spleen. Not, not really. Not because of that. Not because of that. Not because of that. Because of skateboarding. Right. You were an avid skateboarder. I was, yeah. I try to be still, but not really. But yeah, that was like my whole felt like my whole point of living was to go skateboarding at the time. <laughs> you did rupture your spleen though, right? You did tell me that. I ruptured it, yeah, when I was like that kind of like shifted my gears of my life basically when that happened cuz um I was in the hospital for 14 days and then they told me I couldn't skateboard for 6 months. So I um took an art class at like the local art school near my parents and kind of like just really quickly got obsessed with like this drawing class and this drawing teacher I met and Hmm. just kind of like I don't know something about it it was like a good time to transition I guess do you remember the drawing teacher's name oh yeah Steve Colley I mean he was he was pretty um influential in a way because he had lived in new york for a long time but then was living in pennsylvania he had gone to parsons so he had lots of stories about like being an artist in the 80s in new york Mm. he'd say like funny stuff he'd be like oh this my neighbor knew my name he had this huge mohawk he's like i knew it was time to get out of out of this (laughs) 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 in my head i was like well that sounds like you're getting like kind of everyone knew you it's cool but he was, he's like i gotta get out of here he's like oh it's time to go <laughs> the mohawk guy knows me i'm a regular here <clears throat> but um yeah he i took a drawing class with him he just kind of made that transit like the way he talked about art to me seemed like the way i, I was thinking about skateboarding like like different you know there's like different skaters you would look up to different artists like you just kind of referencing their names and their styles and like and there yeah there's like some performative artfulness to that and then relating that into to like the art world and art movements and stuff like old school new school cubism or something it all kind of seems to there's like some through line you know you could compare it to anything maybe but for me that really like made a lot of sense and helped me see like the history and art or how people have a dialogue or reference each other stuff like that but yeah i worked for him for a while he had a ceramic studio and near scranton and i helped him make ceramic tile and he would teach me like painting techniques and um it was really fun it was like a really that sounds so lovely. Like, yeah, it was this time before I started, you know, like, I had taken an art class, hadn't really started college, but, you know, still kind of, like, figuring stuff out. Yeah, it was, it was a really special time. And um, then coming to the decision to, like, go to art school full-time and then going to Chicago to go to a better art school and, you know, it just kind of snowballed that way. Well, maybe it's a... All sorts of, I mean, what do you think would have happened had you not ruptured your spleen? I don't know. I was, um... I was, like, on a funny little tour with my friends in Vermont when it happened. We were, like, at the U.S. Open for snowboarding. Huh. And then... I don't know. I guess I would have probably kept doing that and just like touring around with friends and skating and going to Philly and New York. I don't really know. Just like traveling, skating, meeting people. It was, it wasn't so bad, but yeah, it really made a turn. Yeah. It sounds like it was pretty fun. I mean, maybe, maybe you'd have a Supreme sponsor right now. I I don't know if that's great or not, but well, yeah, it's funny, though. You think about those things, like, how, I mean, if you, just, like, where you 
turn your obsession or how time, you know, or like skateboarding doesn't go away or yeah, you do know folks that are doing that, you know, in Supreme videos or were, you know, lucky enough to continue with that injury free. Mm -hmm. But for me, it, it really knocked me out. Like it really knocked the wind out of my sails of like, oh, I'll be a pro skater. Um, I was like, I don't, I don't think it's going to work out. <laughs> it really like slapped me down, unfortunately. But I took like one last really great skate trip with friends after I recovered. And we went to, um, on this trip to Oregon and Washington to check out all these cement skate parks that had just been built mm -hmm. by this, like these famous guys, Monk and Red, who mm -hmm. were who were kind of the original some of the original guys that built Burnside in Portland yeah um and then they like got commissioned basically to do all these huge concrete parks from the city or in the state and we drove around and just camped camped in the skate parks and I met some really cool people from New York on that trip and it was like Jocko Whaleman was on that trip that's how I met him oh wow You've known Jocko like, for a while. Yeah, when I was 19, I met him. I was like, oh, I've read your writings in Thrasher magazine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, nice to meet you. And uh, my other buddy, Lou, was on the trip, and then Rob Erickson and some other friends from Philly. But, uh, yeah, even at that point, though, I was like, man, I'm just not, not the same on my board anymore. I'm like... A mannequin compared to what it used to be like so that was tough that was tough change but look where but, you are now it's so cool yeah i think it prepared me out for a lot of stuff though and yeah it's it's crazy it's funny you mentioned the spleen yeah you know. i mean did you know the spleen like if your spleen is compromised um it messes with your uh, what is it like your white T cells, which yeah, which is your immune filter. system? Yeah, it's your blood filter. So you're so susceptible to illness, or if something, if you get a virus, it's harder to fight yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I was lucky enough to have a doctor in Vermont. He was like a spleen specialist, and it was ruptured pretty bad. It was like level four out of five. Oh my god. So I was in the ICU. It was the most pain I ever felt. Oh, my God. It was, it was like this internal bleeding is so painful. And um, so, but it was like, we're going to try and keep it, you know. We're, you're just going to lay here, and we're going to hope that the, like, bleeding clots over, you know. And eventually, like, my it stopped bleeding as much. And so then it finally clotted, and it saved my spleen. But, uh, yeah, I had to be, like, basically immobile for a week, and then I was, like, trying to walk again. And then this little breathing thing that they give you, you like, to practice breathing again to get your lungs stronger. You, like, mm -hmm. float this little ball that floats in this cylinder that you're inhaling, you know, trying mm -hmm. to bring it up to the top. It's, it's like, all this humiliating stuff. Man, that's so crazy. It's like, I can't even breathe. <laughs> I didn't, that's so crazy, crazy to think about. And you were 19? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Your poor parents. Oh, I mean, Not man. that you weren't going through it, too, but I just can't even imagine. Yeah, my friend, yeah, again with my friend Lou, and he had to call my parents. Be like, <clears throat> he, like, saw me outside of the skate park. I was, like, looked really weird. I guess I looked all gray. Because oh, you're losing my so eyes. much blood internally. Yeah, my eyes just turned off. Like, part of the shock. I just couldn't see anything. And then Lou was just like, we're going to the hospital. Like, this is too crazy. And so they did an MRI and figured it out right away. I'm glad Lou said we should go to the hospital instead of being like, you're all right, dude. Let's get totally. in the car, because that could totally have been a, a scenario that 
ended oh with you God. having your spleen removed or something. Yeah, or just me fought, like, done for. Really. Yeah, it's true. It really saved my life by just being like, let's just... Because, you know, who knows? Yeah. <sighs> so he definitely saved my life that time. My parents are very... They're not they're thankful for that guy. Do you still talk to him? Tell you what. Oh, yeah, all the time. Um, I'm always checking in with him and his son Julian who's like this jazz prodigy he's like in the Juilliard um, high school right now mm-hmm. for bass mm-hmm. <clears throat> so they have a they have a jazz band together in Delaware Water Gap so amazing um, do they ever play with your parents for anyone listening <laughs> no, that's so funny it's like my with Lou yeah, I just I love talking about your parents whenever I can selfishly. Oh, so yeah. My, do, do they well, jam with your parents? They recorded their album of like because they had a folk band for a while. Yeah, and so they did a bunch of covers of different like Pete Seeger and um like La Bamba. I don't know. They have so many like classic Walsh songs that they played together. Oh, classic um, Walsh songs. Yeah, like your parents are actually so, just the best. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm just fangirling uh, over your parents. They're so, so, so nice. They're just like, they're so yeah. thoughtful and creative. I mean, you grew up with parents who had a who made music together. I know they had their little band, the Walsh Lovers. It's like they had a <laughs> yeah. They're, their little band is cute and they have this like folk group that they hang out with and they meet I remember when I was a kid they would meet and I'd be so embarrassed but um (laughs) I'm sure it's not cool when you're little and you don't understand it you think your parents are so embarrassing but they seem so weird you know compared to other friends parents who seem like much more like just normal I don't know why I wanted my parents to be normal when I think back but like them being kind of hippie-ish kind of freaked me out a little bit as a kid because I could tell it was like a little different or something. And but yeah, I they like took me to meet these Quakers. Kind of, I also got into wax because of them. Hmm. And because they like, have I, have I told you? No, like I did not know this. They had these Quaker friends that were in. Uh, they had a farm and they were in the folk group, but they would have like a summer festival. And one of the things was like candle making outside. And so like, I remember going there and just sticking my hand in all the wax pots Mm. and then like running to this little, little like water fountain and cooling my hand and then dipping my hand in the wax Mm -hmm. more and more. And I made like this wax boxing glove fist kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then, yeah, I had this little wax fist in my bedroom forever. And I just, like, stare at it. Like, I made this thing, just, like, dipping my hand in this material. Pat, that's so but, cool. I ne- no, yeah. you never told me that story before. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. But, yeah, the embarrassing Quakers. But Quakers are cool, I guess. <laughs> yes, Quakers are cool. I don't know any. Um, okay, you know what? I was going to wait for some kind of natural segue, but I have to fucking oh, talk yeah. to you about Travis Scott. Oh, yeah. I tried to go there with the McDonald's. Oh, like... yeah. You're right. I should. <laughs> this is the thing. This this podcast is really lit- very unscripted. Let me tell you something, listeners. I'm just shooting the shit with a friend right now. and I. But I had in, in mind, I wanted to know more about the story because um, you sent me a screenshot of Travis Scott's story that was very recognizably your studio. And I was freaking out. <laughs> Sam actually told me to tell you, say, what's up, Audi, and wants oh, to know more about yes. the Travis Scott connection. And I was like, that's the first thing I'm going to try and talk about. But of course, I couldn't because we have to talk about Foods Gone Wild. <laughs> we got from Foods Gone Wild to right. here. We're still talking about music, sort of, I guess. Travis Scott, tell me what happened. Why is, the, is Travis Scott in your studio? And did you talk about me? 
I get those goosebumps every time, yeah You come around, yeah You ease my mind, you make everything feel fine Worry about those comments I'm way too numb, yeah It's way too dumb, yeah I get those goosebumps every time How? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when are you going to New York, Travis? I got someone you need to meet. That's what you have to do. I got, well, yeah, you probably, look, if I've met him, you're going to probably be meeting him in like the next week or so. I mean, guaranteed. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll I'll take that and run with it. I don't know if I fully believe it, but it sounds good. I I mean, it's in the air, I think. Travis is in the air. He he was looking for his friend who is at my studio. So he ended up coming. It was Oh, so somebody at your studio, he was like meeting up with someone at your studio. Yeah. Yeah, this um this other guy who goes by Easy, who's in, who I met through Sayer. Um, so Sayer invited Easy over to my studio. So the Sayer texted me, "Okay, Easy's buddy might stop by too." I was like, "Okay." Like, was Sayer being cool? Like, did he know that by buddy it meant Travis Scott, and he was trying to be coy? He knew but then he also didn't know if he was like gonna show up you know right or, or whatever but i i also think he wanted to come because he is interested in art and he wants to see more art for sure right um but so yeah so yeah sarah's been a little cagey and also didn't want to like maybe get my hopes up if he didn't come and i'm just like oh what <laughs> you're like oh i bought all this mcdonald's to impress him <laughs> <laughs> I got all this French fry. I got all this ketchup. <laughs> so, so, so he came by and we hung out and I was showing him around and it was really surreal. Actually, it was kind of trippy. Stop playing it down. What happened? Did he talk to you? Did he talk? Did he ask questions about the work? Did you guys smoke uh, weed together? Well, that was a, that was like the time COVID hit me the hardest. I was like, I can't smoke a blunt with this guy right now. Mm. I was like, this is so sad. But, um, but we talked, he was, yeah, he was like touching those wax sculptures and like, he was really into these wheels. And well, I should say though, that he doesn't come alone. He came with eight people. Um, his friend, busy plus two bodyguards and another friend and uh he came in like this insanely souped up lamborghini truck which had all these crazy wings on it <laughs> and like and his like wheels say cactus jack on them and like, oh even my the god brake, like even the brake calipers say cactus jacks on it and uh and then we went gallery hopping what the fuck are you saying to me right now you went fucking gallery hopping with travis scott look anyone listening i don't care what you think about me freaking out about this you know if you were a fan of a musician i'm a huge travis scott fan yeah if i was i mean i know you are that's crazy that's like this is this is the best story i can't believe you went gallery hopping with him how yeah, did how did you best. not I wish you were texting me real real time while you were oh in the fucking it was, Lambo. It was I couldn't even like I was like buzzing for that whole time plus like I couldn't even sleep that night. Yeah, you know, I was just like, <laughs> "Oh my god." Like felt electrified. It was like the acai bowl. <laughs> so I was like, "Here's an orchid. Here's an orchid, Travis." Like, so many million more things. I was like, oh, did you know about this? Like, but... <laughs> oh. Travis was like, actually, okay, chill, bro. I feel... I got like, it. This, this is wax, and I was a Quaker. And like... <laughs> what, gallery, what galleries did you go to? Do you remember? I'm sure you remember. We went to... We went to Nanaka Hill Gallery, mm-hmm. which is this... Which is this cool gallery in Hollywood that shows a lot of Japanese sculpture. 
and painting. And then we went to Matthew Marks <laughs> and saw Paul Seats in this show. And uh, and that was it. Then they then they went to work on on some music or or some clothing, I think. Did you bring them into your studio recording studio in next door? Oh uh, no, it, it didn't. It didn't last that long. Oh man, I think I, I'm just. But they were here for like a half hour. I know. It's like just lay down a track real quick. Just let me thousand. just let me just lay this down real quick. Put it on my. <laughs> <laughs> let me just hit play. Just hit play on whatever quick. comes up. Record. Let's record whatever we want to say. Oh my god, that's so exciting. I know. Oh, you know, I, I turn I turn them on to a, a new rapper. That felt pretty good. Oh, you did. You guys were talking yeah. about music. I'm so I'm like I'm with this weird intersection of being so elated for you and also want to kill you with jealousy. <laughs> I don't like really this is, deserve it. Like this is this this is exactly what I would want to happen and I'm happy that somebody I know got it, but I'm like, fuck you. I wanna to talk to Travis Scott and gallery hop with him. Anyways, what who did you turn him on to? I turned him on to this well, so his I ended up chatting with with his friend Busy for a little bit. Um he was a little more more chatty. Travis kind of jumping around a lot, moving fast. Probably on that SIE. He's probably also on that SIE. <laughs> <laughs> he has like three bowls to my one bowl. <laughs> and and so he he mentioned that he was from Jersey City, and I was like, oh, oh that's cool. Like, and then we, I don't know, I was like, mentioned snowboarding. Like, I used to go near the Poconos, and he knew the Poconos. And I was like, actually, you need to, like, check out this rapper from the Poconos called Lil Pocono. Because he has this great, like, hit called Pocono. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And so he looked it up right away, like, instantly on his phone on YouTube. And starts, like, listening to it in the gallery. And then, like, of course, Travis comes over. He's like, what's this? What's this? And they're, like, both jamming to it. And I'm just jamming to it with them. And they're like, that's pretty hard. That was good. Oh my god, I'm dying right now. I'm dying right now. That's amazing. You're gonna there's gonna be a new Travis Scott EP and Lil Pocono's gonna be on it. God, I and hope gonna, I did Lil Pocono a solid. Like they they look them up and They're gonna shout you out. They blow them up. I hope so. Cause it's actually a really good song, this Lil Pocono song. You should look it up. I will. PL I've actually already shared um, Foo's Gone Wild with a couple people. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good response. Good response. Great response, actually. <laughs> really. Um yeah, it's, it's like the most L.A. thing you can be into right now, I think. It's, like, it's the best. Yeah, it feels really L.A. It's weird that it feels... It's... Or it's like it's like not just L.A., though. It's like all suburbia of L.A. and it's, that kind of... It's like California suburb moment yeah. or something. But it's really great how it's funny but really smart. But it's not so funny that it feels like a satire. Right. completely you know there's still something happening that you want to listen to it's still orally pleasing au oral um, oh yeah definitely yeah yeah it's different than like whatever a con like it listens like an album but it's kind of like a soundtrack or something or yeah you know? it's that's what i really appreciate about it. i'm just like i'm just impressed i don't know i'm really impressed <laughs> Well, the next She's time so you good. hang out with Travis Scott, you have to um, drop my name somehow. You know, oh my God. a little, I mean, I'm sure I've told you this before, but. I need some headshots maybe of you. You could, I could have on hand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, it's so funny. Like, Everyone was like, oh, Ebony, I, cause you know, I hate taking photos as people like you, uh, people who've known me for I mean, a long time. time no. But then the so Times good. photo came out and they're like, um, 
you haven't shown your face on any social media or public platform in about 10 years and now there's a photo of you digital and print it's just it's not even just a photo it's like cropped from my chin to the top of my big forehead it's like there is a full face photo of you in the world now but you can send him that i zoom in on it sometimes oh god and the ones Warner posted too look great that was a totally different one yeah i had a little photo shoot <laughs> with a great oh artist God. actually i was really i got to oh, cool. i suggested i picked the photographer that i wanted um elliot jerome brown jr who's somebody whose work i'd admired for a while and also you know if i'm gonna have my photo taken why not try and advocate for somebody i think is great and he did such a great job and i felt really comfortable also just selfishly i i hate taking photos so 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 much that yeah i wanted to do the most that i could to try and feel comfortable doing it or you know feel confident totally you can use that one for you know forever yeah i do (laughs) anytime anybody needs a photo it's just like in the downloads file That's awesome. Well, yeah, that looked great. Thanks. Finally, finally put your little face out there. I know. For good cause. Anymore. I was surprised it wasn't a mukbang photo. You know, the I've I posted the, <laughs> I posted that article on my Instagram page, and I cropped. Of course, I cropped the page, so you can just see the like top of my eyebrows and forehead. <laughs> and a couple people, two people specifically. DM'd me and were like, oh my god, I can't believe you made the Times not show your photo because they didn't realize at the time that it was cropped. <laughs> like that I'd taken my craziness so far that I convinced the Times that they couldn't have a full face photo. Oh, they believe that's how it was in Yeah, that ha- that's how it was in print. You know, if I felt confident enough to suggest that, I might, like if it was really part yeah, of god, my identity. I even... Yeah. I should have. Like, I, I should have been like, this is how I, I don't allow no face photos ever. Now it's too late. Yeah. Now it's just Banksy. The only mystery in the art world again. Fucking Banksy. (laughs) Well, you know what? I was just about to go into a huge riff about um, Utah, who is one of my favorite graffiti writers. Oh, my God. But instead, we're going to wrap it up. Because I said Banksy. No, no, no. Because <laughs> there was a, a slight lull okay. in our conversation, and I'm, I'm just like, you know, I'm trying to keep it to the hour mark. Um, but you and I can talk about Utah offline. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, it might be better offline actually, because that goes into some deep shit. Actually. So funny. <laughs> I know. Oh my god! Back in the day, pre beef. Pre beef. Let's just all take it back to pre-beef days, now can we? All, now we're all vegan again. No more beef. Let's yet. just all be vegan Quakers. Yeah. Make candles. <laughs> hang and out with Travis feet. Scott. Yeah. It's lit. It's lit, baby. <laughs> we can make a vegan thing at McDonald's. Oh yeah. Vegan candlelight. Vigil. Didn't they? Did they? Don't they fry their French fries in lard? Or they stopped doing that? Probably. Uh, they probably stopped doing that. They probably use some synthetic motor oil. Some sense. Some. I don't know. Mono. Makes it taste. Makes it taste delicious. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine Yogi. if McDonald's had a tofu burger? They should do an Impossible Burger. Oh, know sorry, you totally on. cut out there. You don't know why what? Oh, yeah, I'm surprised I don't have a veggie burger yet. My Burger King does. I've gotten the Burger King one. Is it's it okay. good? It's okay. okay. It's like, you know, I wish it was better. Sure. I mean, it's, I mean, it's Burger King, but yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good review of fast food. Well, you know. I wish it was better. better. I'll still eat it. I'll still crave it. I'll still eat the whole, the entirety of it when it's in front of me, but it could be better. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
man. Wow. Well, with Did that, we co- Did yeah, we, cover it all? we covered it all. I love your guts. Pretty this was much. this was really, Aww, you know, too, this is so blue cheese. Look at where we got from Foo's Gone Wild. This is these talks have been really. <laughs> it's so great to do it unscripted too. I've really enjoyed it. Just kind of off we went. Yeah, and we got to tell the people a little bit more about you. And you and I me. Think. Yeah, I got I told stories about Columbia I haven't told in like ten years. Um, man, that's cool. I want to go down to Amazon. Oh man, you so should. Cool. Don't go. Maybe you know, instead of a seven dollar trip, do like a seventy dollar trip, and and Whoa. and you know, maybe we'll see what the difference is. Not sleep in a hammock next to an old man who's like snoring in your face because it's so crowded. Oh man, um, sounds pretty amazing though. What was I just gonna say? Oh, for the signing off of this podcast. I realized it was weird when we introed, I'm like JPW3 because it's listed that way in the materials, but do I call you J? I don't call you JPW3 when we talk, but is that okay? Would would it be normal to just say, thanks, Patrick, Uh, or like, would you prefer to keep it artist name? um, Man, I know. It's such a funny creation I've created there for myself, but... Yeah, you can call me Patrick, of course. I guess I, I just like how JPW3 looks when it's printed out there in the world. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be so formal. This episode was brought to you by... JPW3. Thanks, Pat. This was really great. Thank you so much, Ebony. I'll talk to you soon. All right, talk soon. Bye. Bye. It's Luke Sheed.